0: Help me to make Kip your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey, 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 welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Uh, all of you who represent Kingdom Influencing Nation, hashtag Kip. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Thank you for being uh, on the air today. Uh, Some of you are listening through Safari, others are listening through Spotify, whatever your platform is. And wherever you are around the world, I want to share my appreciation and my thanks for your patronage and your continued support. Uh, I appreciate you dearly. Uh, I really hope that you take the challenge of sharing it with one or two people, Um, just everybody. If you've shared it with one or two people, share it with one or two other people. I really want to get this gospel out of this has helped you and uh, has helped some of the friends that you may have shared it with. Let's keep sharing it. I don't want us to stop because you've shared it once or twice. I want you to keep letting it flow and it doesn't matter where you share it. Uh, We have listeners from Singapore and India and Mexico and Canada and Great Britain and around the world. So it doesn't matter where you share it. Just uh, send it and let someone be blessed. I I wanna talk about uh, the challenges or the obstacles of pursuing God, the challenges and the obstacles of pursuing God. And last week we talked about the devil and we know that he is definitely um, one of our challenges and we can't forget about his processes and his uh, ability to blind uh, humanity. Uh, against the things of God and against the will of God, but I, I wanna suggest to you that even in a society like the one we live in today, there is a right way to do things and there is a wrong way to do things. I know subjective relativism says that everyone has a right to their own opinion and and everyone, or not that everyone has a right to their own opinion, that's the concept and, and I believe that, that everyone does have a right to their own opinion, but there's also Subjective relativism really revolves around the fact that everyone can be right. So everyone can have their own opinion. Everyone's opinion is right based on their historical context or their uh, personal context or, you know, wherever they are, their cultural context. But that's not true. There's a right and a wrong way to do everything. There's a wrong way to put car tires on, and there's a right way to put car tires on. You put them on the wrong way, it will result in an accident. We have a left hand and a right hand. And as far as I'm concerned, we'll always have a left hand and a right hand. Some of us are ambidextrous, you can use both, but some of us have a dominant right or a dominant left. Um, Stoplights, stoplights have been placed in cities around the world uh, to help us to know uh, when to stop and how to keep order in our particular um, cities. And so we have to understand that there is there's truth. There is truth. And it's not a, a truth that can be serenaded by everybody, but there are certain things that are true and certain things that are tricks of the enemy. And we need to know the difference. And, and we need to understand that there are facts in life, and then there is faith in life. And many times, uh, faith, faith, rules over facts I, I told you the story of a young lady that uh, a, few, a group of people from my church we prayed for many years ago we had a grapefruit-sized tumor in her stomach we went we prayed for her. it was totally inoperable um, they said she was definitely going to die because it was inoperable we prayed the power of god moved two days later the tumor which they had on x-ray and had on CAT scans, and so on and so forth, whatever the diagnostic tool was, uh, had shrunk to the size of a golf ball. Now, the doctor's opinion was that it was some kind of a miracle, some type of anomaly, but I have to believe that it was the power of God because we prayed, because it happened after we prayed, a consequence for the action. So even if you can't see God, we have to believe that God is and he is reward of those who diligently seek him, just like we can't see air. Nobody sees air, but we, believe, we breathe it every day. Amen. And we believe that as a result of the air that we breathe, that uh, we have life and that that life came from God. And that, that's what I, I hope that people believe. Listen, but I want to talk about Uh, the the conflicts that we have, the challenges that we have while we're in pursuit of God. And uh, many believers don't pursue God because of the errors that we make, because of the mistakes that we make, because of the, the, the traps that we fall into, the enemy in me. I used to always say this 20 years ago, the enemy in me and the enemy enemy is not the devil, the enemy enemy is is me, it's me. And many times we have to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, why are we struggling so bad? And, and, and what does this mean in the context of our faith? Can we still pursue God? Can we still love God? Can we still witness to people? Can we still share the gospel? Are we no less effective? Well, here, here's the thing that we need to understand the power of repentance and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. The reason I talk about the cross so much is because it is a significant, uh, uh, how do you say it, release in our lives. It's it's significant. In the old days, they would bring uh, the, bull, the blood of bulls and sheep and goats and, and rams into the outer court. And the outer court was a place where we sacrificed the flesh of animals and that the blood was sprinkled on the people of of Jerusalem or Judea in the uttermost parts, whoever, those who were Jews who worship in the outer court. And that blood sprinkling was significant of the, the remission of sins. And we understand this. There can be no uh, uh, remission of sins without the shedding of blood. We, we clearly understand that. And so when Jesus uh, uh, died on the cross for us, it helped us to be free from the power and the penalty of sin. And, and that doesn't mean that there's no consequence for our actions, but what it does mean is that the, the, the depth and the gravity of those consequences are leveraged by the grace of God. And so you hear what the scriptures say, where sin abounds, grace abounds much, much more. So we thank God for his grace. We thank God for his mercy. We thank God for his power. But I wanna read something to you that um got me many years ago when I was reading about Paul and the thorn he had in his side and he said that he sought the Lord three times. And the Lord told him that his grace is sufficient for him. And that doesn't mean for us to walk in hyper grace. That that you know, does sin abound? Yes. Should we continue to sin because because grace abounds? Does grace abound? And should we continue to sin because Grace abounds. Uh, indeed, no. We need to strive to be our best, to do our best. We need to pray to God to help us to uh, not succumb to the ways of sin in our lives. But but Paul talked about it, and I, I want to read this passage for you, and I, I think it will bless you. So the trouble is not the law. And this is coming from Romans. The trouble is not with the law. For it is a spiritual good. The trouble is with me, for I am too human, a slave to sin. So God gave us the law. And what the law does, it's the world's greatest teacher. It teaches us the consequences of sin, but it also teaches us about sin. So before the law came into the earth, there were certain sins that you didn't even know about, but the law brings us to a conscious understanding of what's right and what's wrong. The problem with the law in the Old Testament is simply that none of us have the ability to follow the law up to spec. None of us can do everything right. That's why there was no perfect man who ever walked the earth except Jesus Christ himself. And so Jesus Christ is the perfect propitiation or the perfect sinless man who could only shed his blood, sinless blood, for the remission of our sins. And that's why we worship God. So let me read verse 15. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Now watch this. This is Paul talking. Paul wrote more books in the New Testament, was the greatest evangelist in the New Testament, uh, just a powerful spokesman and statesman uh, 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 for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and went through all kinds of, and I'm just going to shorten this by saying he went through all kinds of hell from beatings to being kept up all night to all of the consternation that makes people quit. But he also at the same time had a personal enemy in him that he was dealing with. And so he writes about this in the book of Romans and he continues to say this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, by the way. So this is a Romans chapter seven. I'm going to pick up a verse 15. I don't really understand myself. I want to do what is right, but I don't know, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. So there is a war in our spirits going on between our flesh and our spirit. There's a war going on between our flesh and our mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from the life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of the sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And, and this really should help us in our personal pursuit of God because when we sin, the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and all unrighteousness. So when we sin, instead of not going to church that Sunday, instead of not talking or instead of not fulfilling purpose or fulfilling the, the mission or, or the assignment that God has placed in your life. You repent, ask God to forgive you, but the biggest thing is not whether or not God is going to forgive you. The biggest thing is whether you're going to forgive yourself. Many people, you would be surprised, struggle with forgiving themselves. You ask God to forgive you, but you personally have not dealt with the action of your sin and you think that God is a God who is an ogre sitting in heaven, taking mental notes. But God said this, once you ask forgiveness, I will throw your sin into the sea of forgetfulness, that book of Micah. So we have to believe that God not only forgives us, but he forgets. We manage God like we manage other people. We forgive people, but we tend not to forget. God has the divine ability of both forgetting and forgiving. And so that's the difference and that's what makes him God. So the next time you sin, because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. I don't care if they're a pope, a bishop, a pastor. I don't care if it's lady so-and-so, if it's anointed person so-and-so, a missionary, a prophetess, or prophet. It doesn't matter what the title is. Everyone in the earth sins and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says there's no one righteous. No, not one. But when we need help to continue to pursue the things of God, to continue your prayer life, continue your Bible study life, continue your ministry life, it is simply by going to the throne of God and asking God to forgive you. Help me to turn away from my sin and then help me to continue to walk upright before you. That's our process. That's what we do. And we turn from the sin, can turn from that as wrong, but continue to do what is right. Are we catching this? So if you dropped the ball this week, you dropped the ball last year. Pick the ball back up. God is waiting for you. If He gave you assignment, uh, gave you an assignment, He still. Waiting for you to do what it is he's called you to do. All right, I just want to say this to you. I'm going to read that last verse again, or the last two verses again. Here's Paul giving us insight to how we feel sometimes. Oh, what a miserable man or person I am. Who will free me? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And the answer is resounding. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. But thanks be to God, where sin abounds, grace abounds much, much more. And I can take advantage of the fact that God is my advocate and God will stand before his father and God will release grace so that I can continue to do what I've been called to do. And that's a great thing. I want to continue this. I want to continue with part two, and uh, but I'm not going to do it today. I'll, I'll pick it up next week. But I want you to remember that while you're in pursuit of God, continue to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and know that all these things should be added unto you. Repent means to turn away from the sin and then embrace, ask God to forgive you, and then embrace God's magnificent grace. See how merciful and how loving he actually is. Continue to do the work of the ministry and don't let anything get in your way. You've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Kip for short, hashtag Kip. put that out, repost any of my um, advertisements. If you see them online, repost them on your platform. I appreciate it. God bless you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.